0: The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. And they'd swoop in and they'd grab the bags of wheat and away they'd go. And then, of course, the Israelites uh, were left with nothing. So what they started doing was using what is called a wine press to process their wheat. Now that's a different deal because it was kind of cut into the ground about four or five feet, you know, and lined with stones. And and, uh, and uh, they'd come and they'd dump the grapes in there and they'd stomp it out. And, and uh, they had a little pipe, you know, that went out the bottom and they'd pick up the juice after that. Uh, but the thing was, it was down a little bit, and, and so they were able to, at night, put some wheat in there, and then they would come, and they'd lower a donkey or somebody down in there, and they'd, they'd kind of thresh it out a little bit, and they'd get a little bit of little bit of wheat. But the thing was, they could kind of scrunch down, you know, and look around for the Midianites, and, and get back up and work a little bit during the day, and, and uh, kind of give them a little bit of protection. So here's Gideon. He's down inside this wine press, stomping out the wheat and, you know, doing the best he can. And he kept looking up there, you know, and I suppose. And, and then pretty soon he looked up and lo and behold, there's this great big old angel sitting there underneath the tree. And the angel made an interesting remark. He says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. So I asked the question, what's wrong with this picture? Now at that time, here's, here's Gideon just kind of cowering there a little bit. And, and uh, you know, he's looking around and this angel says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I imagine he looked around a little bit and he said, you talk to me? <laughs> because there was really nothing at all about Gideon at this time that would suggest that there was a mighty warrior somewhere inside of him. But the, but the angel didn't worry about that. He knew who Gideon was and he called him forth. And uh, that's kind of the part that I really wanted to pick up a little bit is because you got to know that somewhere inside of Gideon there was a mighty warrior. But he didn't know about it or at least he wasn't aware of it. And it was necessary for God to call it out. Okay. (laughs) He He didn't have a clue that he was there to deliver his country, you know, from the hands of Midian. Now, the the, the time of judgment was just about over. The seven years was just about up, and God God had some plans. And Gideon, of course, was a part of it. I'm not going to read the whole story. You know, you're very familiar with that. But at any rate, the, the angel was calling forth something in Gideon that was not there, or at least that he didn't realize was there. And I, I, I read this, you know, I can, I can really identify with old Gideon, you know, he was, he was a guy that was kind of fearful, you know, and he kind of eking out a living the best he could and, and trying to respond to the call of the Lord the best way he knew how. Anybody identify with that? You know, I tell you, that's a, he, it kind of spoke to me because he was a guy kind of just like the, like a lot of the rest of us. Just an ordinary guy that was, was doing the best that he could. But the angel had better better plans for him. God was calling him forth. But he first had to call out what he had put into him. Because a long time ago, who knows how long, probably the time he was born, that God had deposited the qualities of a mighty warrior into the heart of Gideon. But because of his fears and because of all of the things that were happening at that time, he didn't even know it was there. And uh, and it took a lot of persuasion, you know, about the fleecing and all the other things that uh, God made Gideon go through. And and, and I got to hand it to him, you know. God was real, real patient with him. (laughs) And that's a good thing for us, you know. Because God knows what's in us, in each and every one of us. And he knows how to get it out. And he's going to do it. And he realizes that down inside of there buried under a lot of junk and a lot of trash is some golden nuggets or whatever it might be that that he put into each of us a long time ago see that's what he wants he wants that out and it's going to take a little doing sometime to get it there but here here is Gideon just kind of responding the way I, I imagine a lot of the rest of us would doing the best he could and uh, let's, let's just move on here a little bit. Verse 13 says, But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of, Gideon, of, of, of Midian. Does that sound familiar? How many times do we hear people blame God for problems that uh, they've mostly caused themselves? Everybody have been guilty of that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, God, you're not doing your part because you promised, you know, that I would be victorious all my life. And and you promised this and you promised that and you promised all these other things. But Lord, I don't see it happen. How could a wonderful, gracious God let all All of this terrible stuff happened to his people. Sound familiar? Yeah, that's been around a long time. Because for some reason, people seem to gravitate in that direction. Instead of looking at their part of things, a lot of times, don't we say, well, let's just skip all over that because God's promised that he's going to do his part. But we forget the part that we stood up and said, yes, Lord, I will do this. And I understand that you will do your part. He's still waiting for us to do our part, and and I think that's the that's a lot of the problem that that Christians have today. I speak for myself, you know. It's a lot of the problems I have because I know that uh, God has called me and and probably most of the rest of us into places into into areas of ministry and different things that He that he wants us to do. And, and we see all of the bad stuff that's happening and we say, well, Lord, you, you got to fix this. You got to take care of this. And I imagine Gideon was saying the same thing. God, you got to take care of these Midianites. <laughs> God says, yeah, I got a plan. It's you. Okay. How many suppose that a lot of the things that God, that we see going on around, God never has a plan for but that plan involves us, okay. God has called us to do a lot of things. Now, he's promised that He will never leave us or forsake us, but He expects a little from us too. He expects us to do our part. He expects us to walk in in, in righteousness and, and 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 obey what he what he calls us to do and. And, of course, we have to step out in faith with a lot of it. a lot of it. We just don't know what to do. We say, Lord, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to do. But he'll show us. And we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's move on. Verse 14, it says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? wow. It's like God says, yeah, 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 yeah. Go on, go on, you know, complain, do all of your talking here. Now I'm going to tell you what I got planned. He says, go in the strength you have. Gideon says, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What strength are you talking about? What strength I have? (laughs) God knew the strength that he had because God put it in him a long time ago. But Gideon didn't know it was there. See, most of us, or I do anyway, we expect God to, to uh, give us the, 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 the strength of Samson or the wisdom of Solomon before we step out and do anything. We say, Lord, I can't do that because I'm not smart enough. Or God, I can't do that because I'm not strong enough. Or, or I don't have enough personality or whatever it takes, you know, to, to get up and, and do this. So God, you, you, you got to put stuff in me before, before I'm going to be qualified to do it. Okay? Guilty. Uh, Go in the strength you have. God has put enough in each of us that we can at least step out in faith and say, God, here I am, send me. Here I am, Lord, use me. I'm the guy. I may not look like much. I may not be very strong, but Lord, I'm willing. Now send me out and do it. That's what God's looking for, you know. I, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I read this. I, I read this story, and, and I'll tell you what. There's a there's a whole lot of fingers pointing right back at me, you know, because <laughs> I know that God's dealing with the the humanness in all of us. The 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 way that we are he knows how we are he he knows our propensity you know for for uh missing the mark and and uh, disobedience and things like that and he knows about our our lack of faith but uh god knew who he was and god made him for more more noble tasks than he thought he was capable of But you know, even then, it was not Gideon's strength alone that carried the day, was it? We we know the story how Gideon, uh, he amassed this army or so he thought it was. And, and it was pretty small. It was pretty puny, you got to admit. And then the Lord kept saying, no, Gideon, you, you got too many guys here. You got too many men. But Lord... <laughs> There's only 300 or so of us, and there's an army of thousands out there. How are we going to do that? The God says, you got too many men. He says, you've got you to pare that army down just a little bit. And the idea was, of course, that Gideon needed to learn that everything that God planned to do, God was going to provide the strength and the power necessary to get it done. But Gideon had to have enough faith to believe that God would do what he said he would do. And I think that's the rub. I think that's the the thing right there. Is that we just need to learn how to take God at his word sometimes. We we just got to say, Lord, you're smarter than I am. You're stronger than I am. But I know that when the the rubber meets the road, you're going to be there. And you're going to make this happen. Because If I'm left to my own resources, it ain't going to happen. And I'm going to stand up there, you know, looking mighty foolish because I thought something was going to happen that didn't. And I think that's a a lot of our fears is if we step out in faith, people are going to look at us and say, I knew you couldn't do it. Looky there. You made this big speech about doing something and you waited for God to do it and he didn't show up. What are you going to do? And that's the fear that a lot of us have. That's the fear that I have, I know. I can, I, I, I can say that. Is that we are reluctant to step out because we're afraid to be called a fool or whatever it is. We're afraid of, to be, of being laughed at. And what it really comes down to is the fear of man. We have the fear of man. We say, what are people going to think of me? What are people going to say, you know, when when they see that, that, uh, that I can't do this? Well, I'm I'm weak and, and, and helpless. And, and uh, so we never learn the fear of God. Now, it's been said that if you have the fear of God, you will never, ever fear a man. And I think, wow, that's, uh, that's, that's really true. With the fear of God in us, what can man do? What can man say that will have the least bit of difference in anything? And as usual, I lost my place here. <laughs> That's okay. As we said, it took a lot of persuasion to get uh, Gideon to start moving and, and to doing what he was supposed to do. The, the, the nation of Israel was, was living in a lot of fear at that time. And a lot of it was, was well deserved. You know, they they had it coming. They they were disobedient to God and, and uh, the, the consequences of that, you know, kept coming back to them time and time again. But you know, I look at how Israel looked at God and I'd like to parallel that a little bit with how America looks at God. Because a lot of the things that happened to Israel happened to America too. Because you know, God doesn't change. We still serve the same God. And He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the things that He spoke to Gideon are just as true today as they were back then. And His expectations of people were just the same today as they were back then. But God calls us out many times to to do those things. and, and, And I fear many times He's disappointed at the result that comes. Uh, America is a lot like Israel at that time. America has stopped serving the God of the universe and began serving the God of what if. I fear, I mean, that's just me talking here. But from the observations that I've made, I, I see a nation that no longer believes in God, that no longer expects God to do the great and mighty things that he used to do. We're a nation that is fearful, that's tied up with this, whatever it is inside. You know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, in, in an age when things were a little different, uh, as, as I imagine a lot of us have too. You know, we can kind of look back and remember when things were not quite the same as they were then. But there a time when in America when things were really bad. And I'm talking about the, the Great Depression, of course, that was a... That was a pretty tough time. And it's interesting, you know, and historically uh, I've read that, uh, you know, in 1933, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, you know, was inaugurated inaugurated as president. And in his inaugural address, he said, we have nothing to fear except fear itself. I thought, man, that's good, you know. That's almost scriptural, isn't it? (laughs) Is that, we have nothing to fear except fear itself. And that's kind, of, that's kind of where we're at too as a nation. I believe that uh, we're kind of in the same spot there that, uh, that Israel was at that time. The first order of business, you see, was to eradicate the fear and get people to believing in something. And for Christians, we need to eradicate that fear. And we need to start believing that we serve the God of the universe. We need to start believing that God can do everything that he said that he will do. And that God is looking for something more of us than what we've been giving him. And I'll have to say that God is calling out mighty warriors today. Just like Gideon. And we might say, well, Lord, look at me. I can't do much. I can't do much. And God said, go in the strength that you have. I believe that word still comes out. Is that he deposited something in each and every one of us that is is, is adequate to do the job that he has called us to do. But he has to call it out sometimes. He has to convince us that he really does mean business. And that he is the God that is still on the throne. Now, in uh, reading the history of the, of the Israelite nation, of course, you know, uh, uh, not all of God's mighty warriors were like Gideon. There's a few around that are entirely different, who saw things from a different point of view. I'm talking right now about a little shepherd boy that uh, he uh, was taking care of his father's sheep upon the hills and he's kind of there all by himself. Everybody just kind of forgot about him. Uh, you know, he was, he was just the younger son. He's out there doing the, the, the lowly work that uh, really doesn't amount to anything. But just think about it. Here he was. He was out there taking care of his dead sheep. But you know, he wasn't alone. Because he knew that the God of uni- the universe was with him. He had been um, anointed as king of Israel, the future king of Israel. And uh, it said he had the Holy Spirit inside of him in power. And I got to believe that that spirit in him and the fact that he didn't have any voices clamoring to him to believe this and to believe that. I kind of believe it developed in him an appreciation and a love and, and, and a knowledge of who he was in God. And he wasn't just a little kid out there watching sheep. That he learned to see through the eyes of God. That he learned to have the appreciation for the ways of God that can only be uh, gathered through spending time with God. And so he did. I I guess I just like to imagine that he was there playing his harp and singing and, and, and praising the Lord all the time. And as he did, God spoke to him. Now we know God spoke to him because he wrote a lot of stuff down. And we read it, and we thought, "Wow, where did he learn that? How did he how did he ever gain that kind of wisdom and knowledge?" But you know, the, as the story goes, um, he was supposed to take some lunch down to his brothers, who were mighty warriors in the army of Saul. And he got down there, and, and there they were. You know, they were cowering in fear because there was this great, big, huge, ugly giant that was out there. They're taunting the armies of God. You know, and here he was challenging anybody and everybody to come around. And, and they were all wringing their hands in despair, you know, including King Saul. And, um, and they, were, they just didn't know what to do. They said, man, this guy's bigger than we are. He's stronger than we are. And they were looking at the circumstances of the situation. And they were probably believing all the stuff that they had heard about how this big old giant, you know, is stronger than you are. So David kind of goes strolling in there. And he kind of takes stock of this situation, and he looks, and he says, whoa. <laughs> he didn't see some, some intimidating kind of a giant, you know. He just saw an, an ugly guy, you know, that was, had the audacity to taunt the armies of God. And he looked at him, and something rose up in him, and he says, this guy is just taunting the armies of God. He can't do that. So what he does, he picks up a couple of stones and he says, I'm going to take this old boy out. and That's what he did. (laughs) He didn't look at anything else. It didn't concern him about, you know, how big and strong that guy was. He just says, that guy can't do that because he knew somewhere inside of him that there was a mighty warrior that had the ability to destroy that enemy that was facing the armies of Israel. And so he did exactly that. But you know what, even then, I'd I, I have to believe that there was an angel there that was watching him that was sitting there waiting and says, "Go, David, go, man, this is good stuff." And as soon as David started flinging that sling around and round and round, that angel kind of crept up behind him, and the minute that stone was released, that angel went, bink! And I would just imagine it probably left a den in the back of old Goliath's helmet. <laughs> because he never had a chance because he was up against something that he could never defeat but it was only through the power of God of trusting God that David was able to do that you see see the difference between David and Gideon David knew who he was in God he knew exactly who his God was and how he would respond and how he would react (laughs) Gideon didn't have a clue Gideon had to be brought up and persuaded. Now, thank God he did. Because, you know, in, in the end, they say that all is well that ends well. Gideon finally found the courage that was in there. He finally identified with that mighty warrior that had been inside of him all the time. And he was able to pick up the slack, you know, and do the job. And he got her done. And I said, that's, that's, if, that's, if that's what it takes for me to be like that, fine. I will sign up for that one anytime. Because I'd rather have God work in me a victory than to sit around in my own power and worry about how badly things are going. Because I know God has greater things for this nation than we've seen. God has greater things for his church than what we've seen. And he's looking for a few mighty warriors, you know, to set out and, and, and get the job done. You know this same uh, theme is repeated in the New Testament. I'm going to kind of jump over a few things here and and uh, and get right to that one. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1:26 Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So God knew who He was calling. And he still does. He knows that we're not all like David. He knows that we're probably more like Gideon. And he says, you were not wise. You were not strong. There's a lot of things you were not. But God chose to call you anyway. And I think that's the important part. Is that God's work isn't accomplished by people who are wise or strong are noble by human standards. He chose people that he can trust with his word. He chose people that were ready to listen and had the faith to step out in what he said to do. And it says he, chose, he, will, he will choose and, and uh, work with anybody who's willing to stand up and say, here am I, Lord, send me. He doesn't care, you know, how, how smart or how strong we were. He just wants someone willing to pick up the rock and throw it at a giant. (laughs) He's just looking for someone with enough faith to believe God and to to take him who he is. But still, you know, you read these accounts and down inside my heart, I'd whole lot rather be like David than Gideon, you know? Gideon did okay, you know, when God, God finally got through him. But I would really rather choose to serve God because of what I saw that he was doing, because of of who I knew in my heart that he was, because of his promises to me that I understood, rather than have an angel come out (laughs) and say, get with it, man. (laughs) Go, mighty warrior. You may not know you're a mighty warrior, but but I do. And I'm going to prove it to you. I, I would much rather do it myself. I would much rather see those things myself and say, Lord, I respond because I can see who you are, because I know who you are. But you know what? God will use us anyway. God is looking for, as they say, a few good men. The Marines are looking for a few good men, they say, and, and uh, that's who God's looking for. Someone who's willing to take him at his word. Zechariah 4, 6. I'll close with this one. Uh, Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might, not by power, but my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. We got to start in the strength that God gives us. But you know what? He promises that it's his strength that's going to prevail You know, it may not seem like much, but if we're Christians today, we've got the Holy Spirit right inside here. And you know what? That's the same Holy Spirit that's been around all the time. It's the same Holy Spirit that was inside of David. That same Holy Spirit is waiting uh, to give you the, whatever it is that you need to fulfill whatever God has called you to do. It might not seem like much, but I'll tell you what, it's pretty powerful stuff. There's a lot of power under that hood, you know, in the Holy Spirit. And there's a whole lot more things that we can do than we think we can. I just want to submit to you today that all is not as it seems in the natural, but all is as it seems with God. He sees you. He knows your heart. He knows what he's deposited in there. He knows what he wants to call out. And I'll tell you what, it's good. It's all going to be good. Because God really does have a plan. And each and every one of us are part of it. And each and every one of us have a something to do, something to, to play in that, in that game that he has. Because... He's marching forward. His army is marching forward. And he is looking for mighty warriors. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for what you've called us to be. And, and Father, I thank you that, uh, that, that, Lord, you're patient with us. And Father, that you do have a plan, Lord, and that indeed, oh God, you are moving forward in this day and in this hour. And, Lord, for each and every one of us, O God, there's a calling. And, Father, I pray that uh, you just give us the faith, O Lord, to respond to that calling. Lord God, just to to believe you as you speak, Lord, as to take you at your word. We thank you, God, for the opportunities that you give us. Father God, and I thank you that you are patient. We thank you, Lord, that, uh, Father, with you in us, O God, we can do all things, Lord, Because you give us strength. Just ask, Father, that you just bring these words to our our, uh, remembrance, Lord, as we go along this, this week and today. And, Father, I pray that you just remind us, Lord, of who we are. We thank you, Lord, for this, for your word, for God, for watching over us. And we praise you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. preceding message was presented by bayou vista baptist church in morgan city louisiana for more information about a relationship with jesus christ or about bayou vista including contact info go to the website www.bvbch.org thank you for listening and may god bless you